What is up, everybody? We are back with a brand new episode of the Silver Lions Playbook Podcast. Um, For this episode, this is going to be my draft overview with an updated depth chart at the end to kind of show you what I believe or what I would do um, for the depth chart with the team that we have right now. I even did a little bit of a practice squad, but I only did that with players I would keep in the practice squad from the Lions roster. I didn't want to get into... uh, free agents and all that kind of thing that's a little too unrealistic for me right now um but yeah so let's get right into it um the draft happened a couple days ago obviously last uh thursday so for the past few days i've been um either watching or re-watching film on the players that we picked but let's get right into it starting off with the third overall selection jeff okuda Um, I gave this pick an A grade because I honestly believe Jeff Okuda is a near-perfect fit for Matt Patricia, and I I would have given it an A-plus if they would have been able to trade down to 5 and still get Okuda, but, I mean, that's just being nitpicky. But I have, in my notes, I have Okuda as a day-one starter. He's really good in man-to-man, obviously. He's a really good tackler. He can do everything. Um, I think Okuda is going to be our CB1 by next season. Uh, we'll have Trufant and him, which is honestly not a terrible CB duo or cornerback duo. But uh, I think Okuda has some issues with grabbing. Um, just personally, I think he could definitely work on that. Sometimes he gets his hands on a receiver, and in Ohio at Ohio State, they might not call it every time, but in the NFL, especially in Detroit, they are going to call that stuff. So, But those are that's a thing that is very minuscule and that Patricia will likely clean up in OTAs. Um, next I have, I think he's best in press man, but I, he's good in really everything, but I think that's where he's his absolute best. He's got really surprising closing speed. I mean, I didn't love his 40-yard dash time, which I know I got torn apart on Twitter for my take, but I don't love his long speed. I really think that uh, an elite corner in the NFL nowadays needs four three speed. But I mean, you don't like okay, you don't necessarily need four three speed, but it's just way better to have, especially taking a corner in the top five. You just don't want a guy that you're gonna have issues with, like Tyreek. You don't want to draft a guy top five in the draft at corner when you can't even put him on guys like Julio Jones because he's too small and too slow, or you can't put him on guys like Tyreek because he's too slow. I mean, I'm sure you can. That's not my point, but my point is that lockdown corners seem to be faster more often than they are. They are slower. Um, but he's got amazing footwork. I mean, I know everybody knows that this is easily the best footwork in the draft by a corner. Some of the best footwork I've seen in a long time by a, a college corner uh, he's got pretty good ball skills. That really surprised me. I thought he was going to be one of those guys where he just kind of swatched the ball away. But no, he really breaks on the ball well. He punches the ball out pretty well, which I know Patricia loves. Um, he isn't an interception machine, obviously, because they play a lot of man-to-man too. But I think he'll get like three or four picks a year here. Um, and last but not least, I think... With Patricia and our defense, I think he could become Stephon Gilmore. Um, that's my pro comp for him is Stephon Gilmore because they're built about the same. They both have those issues with long speed, but Stephon Gilmore makes up for it in just the way he plays, his smartness and his physicality, which Jeff Okuda has in him. Um, moving on to pick 35, we took running back DeAndre Swift from Georgia. 
Now, I gave this a B grade. I didn't necessarily love the pick. I had Jonathan Taylor as my RB1, but DeAndre Swift wasn't that much farther behind him. I just really like Taylor's long speed. I think that with him and Carrion, Taylor, I mean, uh, we could have a really good back tandem. But, I mean, Swift isn't a bad player either. Um, here I have, uh, like I said, I gave it a B grade. He's a good all-around player. I think he'll complement on well, but he doesn't have that breakaway speed that I would have liked from Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I believe he'll take likely take over the majority of the touches by midseason. Um, based on the players that were available at the position, I didn't love it, like I said before, with Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was my RB4, um, if I remember correctly, and he was picked in the first round. So, I mean, obviously my rankings aren't the NFL's rankings. Um, this is just obviously me personally, but I think he'll be a solid addition and key piece in the offense. Daryl Bevel is going to really love Swift. I think him and Carrion um, are going to be a good one-two punch for the next three years. I mean, unless we move on from Carrion, which I could see with his injury history. I think he has good vision, not great vision, but he's got really good acceleration. Um, his long speed, like I said, is not is not an issue, but it's not great. He ran the same as Jeff Okuda with a 4.48. Uh, I feel like he's not going to be the type of player to like break 60-yard runs, but he can get those 30 to 50-yarders, I believe. Um, he's really twitchy and shifty. He's a lot better in pass protection than I thought he would be. I think it's going to be really fun to see how Swift is used with Carrion Johnson, Ty Johnson, Bo Scarborough, and maybe even that rookie Jason Huntley that we picked in the uh, fifth round. Moving on, we have Julian Okora, defensive end from Notre Dame. I think Okora is one of our better picks in the entire draft. He's got Brian Burns-esque when I watch him, he reminds me of Brian Burns from last year. Not as good, of course, because Burns was a first-round pick, and Burns was just a better pass rusher. But I think Okora has that pass rush upside, but he can be good against the run, too. He's not great against the run right now, don't get me wrong. Honestly, he's not very good against the run right now, but that really just comes with strength and being able to fight off blocks in the run game. Um... I gave this a B-plus grade. He surprised me with his athleticism. He gets off the ball really well. Um, you know, when they ask him to slant, he's there. Like, he gaps, he attacks the gaps very well. He's got really good get-off, like I said. Um, I think he needs to be lower when going around the offensive tackle. Like, I mean, if you watch Von Miller, that dude's basically doing bear crawls when he's running past the offensive tackles. I mean, obviously, he's not Von Miller, but my point stands. He's got very good pursuit. I think... I think Okora will be our Jack linebacker. He'll be the Devon or Devin Kennard from last year. I mean, I know they both wear number 42, and that's not why. I think Okora can be dropped into coverage. I think he will play down defensive end. I think he will play Jack linebacker. Um, but don't expect him to get a lot of work like in a 4-3 defensive end. That's just not what he is. He's not great against the run. Obviously, I think he needs to add more strength. He's got a good, he's got decent bend, pretty good bend, I'd say. But like I said, being lower really helps with that bend. I honestly believe with some molding, he can become a like 10, 10 plus sack a year type of guy with like 50 to 60 tackles. Um, I know he was a third round pick, but I, I just really love it. I, I A lot of people seen him as a first to second round pick before his injury. I honestly see it on tape when I watch him. Um, 
like I said, he'll play the Devin Kennard role. I think he needs to add weight to anchor better versus the run. But those are all things that'll come. He's only, I think he's only 21 or 22, and those guys are still growing for sure. So, and I think getting him in the weight room, having Matt Patricia in our uh, our staff around him will, will, will really help. And then we get, we're going to move on to our third round picks, pick 75. Um, Jonah Jackson, guard from Ohio State. I gave this one a B plus. He's a really good pass blocker, like great pass blocker. He's got great hands, really good balance. He doesn't have great play strength. He's not a people mover in the run game, but I think his hand work makes up for that. And I honestly think, like I said, the same with um, uh, Okwara. I believe that with Jonah Jackson, with our staff, is going to get stronger. I mean, it's just going to happen in the NFL. I don't love the the trade up we did. We gave up quite a bit. We gave up pick eighty five, pick one forty nine, and pick one eighty two. Perfect four pick seventy five and one ninety seven. Don't necessarily love that, but I mean, as long as he'll be a starter, I'm okay with it. I would have given it an A if we didn't have to trade up all that. But he's got good, really good anchor and uh, pass pro. He's very intelligent. Um, good finisher. I mean, like I said, he's not a people mover in the run game, but when he gets you, he finishes you. It's not a lot of like pitter patter. He's trying to finish you. Um, like I said, he's average in the run game, but in pass pro, he is very good. So it evens out. I think he'll be our starter at right guard from day one. Honestly, I don't really see anybody else taking that uh, position from him. You could see Kenny Wiggins maybe being a rotation piece there, but I think I think Jackson will get the start. I guess we'll have to see how it pays out. Plays out to give my final grade, obviously for all of these, but I really do like the Jackson pick outside of the trade up. And then our fourth round pick, pick one twenty one, we picked Logan Stenberg, guard from uh, Kentucky. I gave this a B grade because I do like the pick. But I don't love the fact that we just traded up for a guard and then took another guard with the next pick that we had. But, I mean, the player's worth it here. I would have given it a B-plus if it wasn't for that. But he's got really good strength. I think Stenberg is almost the opposite of Jackson to where Jackson's really good in pass protection. He's, I mean, he doesn't have great play strength. He's not a people mover in the run game. Um, Stenberg is not great in pass protection, but he is nasty. He's got strength. He's really good in the run game. He's got technical issues in pass protection, but obviously those are fixable. Like I said before, he's a finisher. He's got a mean streak. He needs better footwork in both pass protection and in the run game, I believe. Um, his feet can get a little choppy sometimes and kind of step over himself, which a lot of uh, offensive linemen have issues with. He'll fit the scheme really well, and I think he's a, likely a rotational player with Joe Dahl. Um Dahl, to me, is a good rotation player. I don't think he's a starter at guard for us, but I do, like I said, I do think he is a rotation player. Um, like I said before, he's got Stenberg and Jackson have this in common where they both have good hands. They get their hands on you, and they're not letting go. Um, I really do like the pick all in all. And then our next pick was a fifth-round pick, 166th overall. Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin. Um for him, I gave this a B grade because, A, I didn't really... I mean, I knew who he was coming out, but I hadn't really heard a lot of him. I don't love his 40 time. He ran a 4.73 at the Combine, but apparently at his pro day, he ran a 4.55 or something like that, which is a lot better, and it makes more sense for what I see on film. Um, he's really quick and twitchy hips. His route running is really good, too. I was really surprised by how um, quick he gets in and out of his breaks. 
he's not a burner, but not slow either. Like I said, his 40 time doesn't really match up. He plays a lot bigger than he's listed because he's a great jump ball receiver. And his release off the line of scrimmage is really, really good. It reminds me somewhat of A.J. Brown, uh, the receiver that came out of Ole Miss uh, a year ago. He's good. He's explosive, but he's not fast. That's the thing. Long speed is going to be an issue for him in the NFL. I mean, I don't. I don't think. Okay, I don't think it'll be an issue as much as it'll be a disadvantage because if he had a you know four four speed, he would be way way better. But obviously, he got he has what he has and does what he can do with that. He plays really well against the top competition as well. Um, Jeff Okuda was asked actually what wide receiver he had the hardest time with, and it was Quintez Cephas, which I believe went into the Lions drafting him in the fifth round. He's got really good ball tracking and uh, in-air adjustment, and his potential, I think his he's a potential big slot, but he will get outside work. Um, I don't expect a lot from him year one, but he could honestly be a possible Amendola possible Amendola or even Marvin Jones replacement. I know that's saying a lot for a fifth-round pick, but in for what we need in our offense and for what we do with our receivers, I think Cephas is Marvin Jones in a way. He's a lot like him in the jump balls. I mean, they're the same size almost. I just think Jones is a little bit faster. Um, but Cephas is also a willing blocker, and he's very physical. He plays way bigger than his size, like I said before. But, yeah, all around I gave it a B grade. Our next pick, our fifth-round pick, 172 Jason Huntley from New Mexico State. This is a weird one. I didn't know if I should give this a B or a B plus, but I went with a B plus only because it helps me with the DeAndre Swift pick from earlier. I believe Huntley lacks vision, but he is fast. I mean fast. There's nobody on this on this roster right now offensively that has this kind of speed. Maybe maybe Marvin Hall, but I I don't even know about that. Um I think he's too small to be a true running back. I think we'll see him in the JD McKissick type of role, lots of pitches, you know, outside zones like screens. He'll get slot work like I said. Um and we'll see a lot of jet sweep stuff. I do think he might take snaps from just normal running back, but it'll be mostly in two running back sets, I think. And I really do like the pick. I mean, I think he's going to be a really good Swiss Army knife for Bevel. And he's got, oh my gosh, he is so fast. Like, this is exactly what I wanted in a running back. But we took him, I think, a little early. I don't know how the NFL scouts see him. So maybe we thought that um, Huntley was going to be picked by somebody like somebody else somewhere so we just wanted to get him in the fifth round but I honestly didn't really hear of this kid before the draft and then I watched some film on him and I didn't necessarily fall in love but I really do like the pick um I could see him getting special team reps either as a uh, returner or as a killer on punt team um or even kickoff but I think it was like I said it was a little bit of a reach um I he's not great in pass protection. He's decent at best. Um, he didn't obviously face the best competition, so this is like seeing him against lower competition might be something that makes me feel a little bit better about it. But you give him the ball, and it's a touchdown waiting to happen. He really reminds me of Tariq Cohen, just a little bit faster, honestly. Next, we have John Penasini, defensive tackle from Utah at, in the sixth round, pick 197. I gave this an A grade. This dude is a plus run stuffer. He's a, but he's a mad pass rusher. I mean, he's not bad, but he's not good as a pass rusher. Um, I think he can play anywhere from one tech to five tech and everywhere in between. Um, I think 
okay, I just had a big argument with people on Twitter because of this take that I had, where I believe John Penasini could be Damon Harrison, but a better pass rusher. My point with that is, they're the same style of player. Penasini reminds me of Harrison in the way that they play. I'm not saying that Penasini will be as good as him. I'm saying he could be as good as him. I'm not saying he will be. And honestly, my best bet for Penasini is I think he'll be a good rotation piece on the defensive line for Matt Patricia, which in the sixth round, getting that in the sixth round is huge, and that's why I gave it an A grade. Um, He's very, very good against the run, strong lower body. I think his pass rush um, is a lot of... Okay, so there's a lot of technical issues that he has. One of them being that his uh, stance is very squatty. He sits more than he leans forward. So his get-off is terrible, honestly. It's it's not good at all. But the fact that he was doing what he was doing with that bad get-off shows you something. Plus, the three games that I watched, he was double-teamed almost every single play. I'm And literally, almost every single down, he was double-teamed. And he's next to Lakaifo, too, which is... a uh, defensive tackle that a lot of Lions fans loved before the draft, but they didn't even know who Penasini was, which, in my opinion, Penasini just looks better on film. Although he does have more technical issues and weaknesses, per se, than uh, Lakaifo 2 does, I still just think that Penasini is going to be a, a really good gap eater. I mean, he hardly ever loses one-on-ones. He's got a good feel for the play. Um, he's, got long, or, uh, he's got short arms, but, I mean... With the way that his play style is, I don't think that's a huge deal. It, I mean, it might be a little bit bigger if he was going to be an edge rusher or something, but I think his arm length is not huge, especially with his arm strength. Last but not least, we have Josh Cornell, defensive tackle from Ohio State at in the seventh round of pick 235. I give this a C-plus grade because I honestly don't even see Cornell making the roster. I see him as a practice squad player. He's a smaller athlete. He's uh, 6'3", 285, I believe. Um, he'll probably play the five technique in Matt Patricia's system. Um, he can be disruptive, r- disruptive, but his biggest thing is he has a really high motor. Um, he uses that. He he uses his athleticism well too with his motor, and sometimes he just beats people up down in the trenches. But I really don't see him being a starter or even a good rotation piece for us. He's just, eh, he's very iffy. He's very in between. I don't hate the pick. Of course, it's a seventh round pick. If you can get anything out of a seventh round pick, it's great. But like I said, he lacks power. I mean, he's good at uh, he's good at gap attacking, not gap controlling. Which gap controlling is what Matt Patricia wants out of his defensive line. Which is another reason why I believe he could play more of a five tech or seven technique or something like that. Um, but that's all for this episode of the Silver Lines Playbook Podcast. Next episode, I will be doing a full roster breakdown of who I believe the last 55 men will be on the roster and what I think this team can do next season. Um, the schedules are out, not the full schedules, but we know who we're playing uh, home and away right now. So I'm just going to go off of that and do a little bit of a breakdown of what I think our record will be, what I think it could be, and what I think um, the best case scenario for Detroit is next season. But yeah, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.